The following podcast contains spoilers and words such as done and bother. Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Watched a Thing. <laughs> what the f- <laughs> I'm trying something new. I'm trying something new. It's fine. It's good. It's good. How you doing, my friend? I was better before that intro, but nah. <laughs> you loved it. Okay. It's fun to say words silly sometimes. Give it a go. Just say anything. Say anything and make it silly. Anything. Oh, come on, mate. you got to have fun with your language. It's like when you go to a restaurant, instead of ordering gelato, you ask for galato. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it's really fun. It's really, really fun. It's the little things, is it, Billy? It is. It is. Although, man, that movie sucked. <laughs> All right. Shall we talk about a movie that we just watched? Let's do it. All right. What did we watch this week? We watched I Care A Lot. Yes. I Care A Lot is a 2020 American comedy thriller film written and directed by Jay Blakeson. The film stars Rosamund Pike, Peter Dinklage, Eliza Gonzalez, and Diane Weist. And what is it about, Toph? Uh, it's about a con woman of sorts and one of her jobs going a bit pear-shaped, shall we say. Yes, we shall. <laughs> <laughs> um, weird time for this film to come out um, in Australia anyway, because- we just had a report come out, a big, a big report come out into aged care, which makes aged care seem about as good as you probably thought it was, which is to say, fucking shit house. Yeah, that's right. We just had that huge royal commission into it, which was, um, I, w- I, w- I mean, I would say shocking, but I don't think anybody expected great things out of it. So, <laughs> yeah, just. Just elderly people saying, I don't fear death, but I do fear aged care. <laughs> yeah. I think I think was kind of the gist. I don't know why there's eight volumes of the report. Just I think that would have done it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was kind of weird having that guy, like, just hanging over this film. Um, and, and you're right. Everything, like you said, it's a, you know, drama, comedy, whatever, whatever. It, I, I didn't know much about the film going into it. Yeah, I knew nothing about it. I didn't know the premise or anything before I hit play. I was expecting- at least a decent amount of of comedy. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know who branded this as a comedy, but we have different ideas about what passes as funny, I think. Well, yeah. And I mean, I guess you could always argue um, that satire is a form of comedy and maybe there's a level of satire in the film. But no, I, I don't think this film is funny in the slightest. I think that Rosamund Pike winning for comedy at the um, Globes is straight up category fraud. Just some- just um, some fucking wild globes shit. Like it, like honestly, it's it's even weirder than than the Martian taking it. Like at least the Martian has some level of of comedy in it. The Martian did have funny moments. There are funny Not a moments, comedy, but yeah. it did have funny moments. <laughs> um, no, I didn't find anything funny in this film. I found a lot horrifying in the film. I didn't love the film. I'll go out there and say that. And I think that for me, this is a film that suffers very very heavily from diminishing returns. Each half hour is worse than the preceding half hour. Until you get to the final half hour, which for me is a bit of a mess. And I know that the film is divisive. There are some that quite like it and there are some that like the ending. And I guess we'll get there at a certain point. Uh, My problems aren't with the ending per se. I just think that this film just gets worse as it continues to go along. Um, But I do think that Rosamund Pike put in a good performance. Do I think it's the best of her career? No. Certainly not. (laughs) No. 
but I, th- I think that I think that she's um, doing some good things in it. Yeah, I, I mean, I like Rosamund Pike just as a thing. <laughs> yeah. I like the Pike. Who doesn't? I'm here for it. <laughs> um, yeah, not my, not my favorite Pike. This, not at all. Because like you, uh, don't like this film. Okay, so right out there, it sounds like you maybe liked it even less than I did. So let's get into it. I actually quite enjoyed the start of the film. I think I was fully engaged in the premise, and I think even though she as a character is horrific, um, that's one thing I quite like about the film is that it doesn't- I mean, not that it- I was going to say it doesn't take sides, which is completely untrue. You like- you're not ever supposed to think she's good. You are supposed to be against her side, I, I guess. Um, but it does just present her as the the main character and it's from her point of view. And, and that's one thing that I actually quite like about the ballsiness of the film. Yeah, no issue in having this kind of a character at the centre of a film. Um, unfortunately, as you've already said, it, it flat out gets less interesting. And I would say just flat out gets worse the longer it goes on. And there is also then, I think, a misguided <laughs> turn that the film takes where in the final, let's say, 45 minutes, mm-hmm. you are it, it really does position you as being on her to side. To try and root for her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, th- there's nothing you've done to this point that has me cheering for this character. And, like, and that's fine. Yeah, She's meant yeah. to be a terrible person. Yeah. And that's okay. But now you're trying to get me to cheer for her. And why would I- Fucking do that. That's right. And here's the thing. There are multiple endings that could have worked. And it doesn't- I don't need it to end bad for her. I don't need the whole traditional, the bad guy gets their comeuppance. Um, I just don't like the turns that it chose. And I think that the film- I actually think there's a really good premise here. And you could see this film working really, really well in the hands of, say, Fincher. And I think that there's a lot of, you know, we spoke about the little things wanting to be seven. I think that this film wants to be a Fincher film. And the one thing I really like about it is the score, which very, very much wants to be a Trent Reznor score. <laughs> um, and I think it it works quite well. It You know, the score itself does a lot to, you know, drive emotion. And I think it's it's just quite cool. But it wants to evoke fincheriness <laughs> and i think in hands like that this premise could really work but yes i think that it tried to get too twisty and i just i don't like the the path that it ended up going down studio meddling has a really bad name this is a project where i would have i'd, I'd love some studio meddling mm. i would love them to say look there's good stuff in this script but Either you need to rewrite it or we need to get someone to rewrite it. Yeah. So, let's get into it. All right. Well, point point one, um, you can't take a close-up of Diane Weist with that lens. That's just fucking stupid. <laughs> How? <laughs> what's the cinematographer doing? How are they not like, mate, why do we- She's got a camera with a 24 to 70. She's not getting a close-up from the other side of the street. This is fucking laughable. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Does no one care, Billy? Does no, no one care? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking for a bit of, you know, civility in an uncivilized world. 24 to 105 ain't shooting that far. <laughs> it's not doing it. Uh, you, you at least want to be on the 70 to 200. At, l- at, at bare minimum. Bare minimum. You can't, 
you're not doing spycraft with a kit lens. It's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> Fuck me, movie. <laughs> anyway, um, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things in this film that are that's designed to horrify us. Yeah, of course. Is the most horrifying realization that now I know what Hitler would have looked like if he was in a metal band. Peter Dinklage with the aggressive part and big goatee. I was like, wow, real. If Adolf had taken a different path in life and moved to Scandinavia, <laughs> joined a death metal band, there he is. Can I ask you something? Is that a fake beard, do you think? It looked very, very fake to me. I mean, I know Dinklage has, has game. I know he does. And like the, the length looked good. It was where it joins his face that for me, I was like, that just doesn't look right. And maybe it's because- he didn't have the sideburns, so it looked a little bit detached. But I don't know. It did not look real to me. I think if it wasn't real, it's very well done then because it's it's asymmetrical. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It was selling it to me. Mm. Okay. I was here for Dinklage's Hitler metal beard. <laughs> um, on, on that group of characters, did Jared Leto- Pass on the role of Alexi because it clearly just was written in the script. Must overact the shit out of this role. <laughs> Holy hell! <laughs> oh man, I I didn't mind Alexi. I think Alexi's doing what he has to do in this film. Oh, f- me. I mean, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if that was what was written in the script. Because <laughs> I don't think this is a very well-written script. <laughs> and it said in, in the margins, need Jared Leto energy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and again, it really disappoints me because I do feel like there's a neat little premise here. And I think, as I said, to me, this was a film of diminishing returns. I think the first half hour actually set things up really well. It established- who she was, it established what she was doing, and it established what was going to happen. And I'm a big fan of of film premises like this, where a character finds themselves in a situation, whether it's through a fault of their own or not. She did a bad thing, and she found herself wrapped up in this world of gangsters that she knew nothing about. To me, that is one of the perfected film premises. We've seen it a million times, and I love it. I just think it works really well when it works the problem is that then i'd i this is a film that to me feels like it's flying by the seat of its pants it just seems to be like oh and then this happens and then this and then this you know i read this great advice once that when you're writing a story you should look at the story and replace all of your ands with buts or therefores You know, so instead of this happens and then this happens and then this happens, it should be this happens, but this happens, therefore this happens. And I don't think that happened at all in this film. It's just a lot of, a lot of, yeah, a lot of mess. I did, like, I was sitting there watching this film last night and I was, I was amazed at how there comes this point in the film where the strings are being tightened, all this stuff is, is being brought to our attention and coming to light for both us and the characters and yet somehow the film is getting less interesting by the minute. I'm like, this is actually miraculous. No, the, to me, the title of the film should be I Don't Care a Bit. <laughs> because I couldn't, get, couldn't give a f- I just didn't give a shit. And again, it's not, it's not because she's a bad 
person. If that was it, to me, it would work. It's just because it's not interesting. And they reached a point where, and as if you're listening to this, you know that we spoil stuff. They reached a point where I thought the film was going to end when they put her in the car and I thought they had killed her. I don't know why they hadn't killed her. I don't know what they'd done to her. I guess they just pumped some alcohol into her. Very bad job at killing. Really, but and this is the problem: is that the entire last forty-five minutes is just a sequence of conveniences. I mean, her escaping from that car is just an absolute load of shit. Fucking ridiculous. And I thought that was going to be the end of the film. And when that happened, when they put her in the car and drove it off the cliff, I was like, okay, maybe the film is going to redeem itself here by having the balls to end like this. And then it doesn't, <laughs> and it continues to go on. And from that point, it's not even the same story or pre- it's it's just becomes this weird almost revenge plot but then not quite she doesn't kill peter dinklage and i'm like well why <laughs> and then he doesn't kill her and i'm like well why <laughs> and it yeah it just became everything became very convenient and it it very much disappointed me particularly from that point on uh, there's just so much that i did not buy yes I mean, yeah, it was happening before then, but certainly from the 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 attempted murder by drowning car yeah. onwards. Like, I just don't buy anything going on. Like, to the same extent that I don't buy that these Russian mobsters managed to completely shed their accents. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, they're related to Wanda in the MCU or some shit. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on there? <laughs> Absolute rubbish. <laughs> There's one cool shot in the film. I'll give it this. It's the first meeting with Alexi and Peter Dinklage in the car park. It's just a, it's a good camera placement. It's a good bit of staging of how everyone, like, it, it's a scene where obviously Peter Dinklage has the power in the scene. And the way that everyone's placed and staged so that it's clear that he is in control. And I was like, I wonder, like, is, I was like, like, obviously, it's not a secret. Peter Dinklage is a little person. I was like, is that is that hard to do? And then I was like, well, people have been filming Tom Cruise for a long time. <laughs> Can't be that hard. Peter Dinklage has such an amazing amount of gravitas. I quite like Dinklage in this film. Yeah, I think uh, similar to Rosamund Pike, I think it would be hard not to like either of these two. I think they both do the best they can with the material the film presents them. And I don't think it's either of their best performances, but I don't think you can expect the best performance out of someone when they're dealing with subpar material. Mm. In my and have a Hitler haircut. <laughs> <laughs> the one actress who I do think gives a stellar performance in this film, and we spoke about her only weeks ago in Parenthood, Diane Weist is still fucking fantastic. Like, I think that she actually elevates the material on screen. She's the only actor in this film for me who actually does that, who takes a role and makes it something else. I think that she does something brilliant with what she's given in this film. Mm. I, yeah, so I didn't know she was in this, and you'd messaged me saying, hey, you know who still rules? Um, and I didn't know what you were watching. Um, right. So it was, a re- it was a really pleasant surprise when I was watching this, and I was like, oh, cool. Get a bit of the waste. Because she rocks. The way in which she is able to act both- stoned out of her brain because of medication and yet still venomous. Yes. Um, that's, I mean, that's quite a tightrope, I would have thought, as a performer. Yeah, that's right. That first scene where 
Rosamund Pike goes to visit her in the in the facility and she's, you know, completely off her face. And Rosamund Pike is like, who is this guy? What's going on? Diane Weiss has so much power in that scene. It's it it is for me the best scene in the film. Are you a Christmas Cena fan? I actually am. He is the other guy in this film who I think is elevating it. I would like to see a film of just his character, to be honest, because he, I think, is, yeah, he elevates this film to me a lot. Just sleezing his way to the top, 80s style. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) He plays plays a douchebag so well that it's one, like, I remember, I think I'm remembering this correctly, that Tina Fey was talking about Amanda Seyfried in Mean Girls and saying that invariably when you need someone to play a particularly stupid person, it winds up being the smartest person who plays them. And I often feel like when I see someone who's so good at playing a douche, I'm like, actually, you, I bet you're actually a ripping bloke. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how you manage to like drill into this. Um, and like Messina in uh, Messina in Newsroom, He's like, he's fantastic in the newsroom and it's an absolute flog. And I'm just like, oh, I bet you fucking rule. It's funny, you know, because even though he's such an incredible douche in this, he also arguably is the best person in the film, really. <laughs> yeah. like he, It's not a high bar to clear. But- it's not a high bar to clear, but he is one of the only people who is not an absolute piece of shit. <laughs> and he is, he is a mob lawyer. <laughs> he is a mob lawyer, but it's, I don't know, it's funny when he's- like, it's not great. No, but when he's arguing against Rosamund Pike in court, and we as the audience know that what he's saying is the truth, <laughs> that she is an incredible piece of shit, um, I think that that, to me, is one of the smartest elements of this screenplay, is when when it does make you root for people who aren't great people and it feels earned- like in Christmas Eve's case, I think it, it works. As you say, for the last 45 minutes where it expects you to do that for Osmond Pike when she is just an absolute piece of shit. Like, there is nothing good about her. You know you know what I think is a real- I, I feel like we maybe mentioned this before with another film, I can't remember what though, where it can be a real sign of how well a film has drawn you in that if someone's drowning, you find yourself holding your breath. Yeah. I was not holding my breath. No, not at all. <laughs> As she was in the car. It was one not, of- Not even a little bit. Nah, just did not care. This was one of the most incredibly long drowning scenes that I've ever seen. And she's supposed to have just been pumped full of alcohol or something, I guess. Um, yeah, she's been drugged. Like, yeah. they, they may not have got any booze into her. They may- that Like, they, that may well just be a prop. So, let's say she's only been drugged. Well- <laughs> She then comes to it- like this, yeah, and has the wherewithal minutes later to escape to escape from this cut. Fucker now, like Moshin- what? Russian mobs aren't that dumb. If they're going to drug you, it's going to be strong enough to last more than two and a half minutes. Like it's mere minutes after they drug her that she wakes up, has the strength to kick out the glass windscreen, has yeah. enough wherewithal to hold her breath for literally what is entire minutes like that was a very very long time absolute shit <laughs> and i i have no i have no problem like dis- suspending disbelief like you've seen some of the trash movies that i've made you watch i'm the guy who likes reindeer games and sphere i don't expect realism in my films <laughs> but when you establish a universe like this that is supposed to be you know like you- 
I don't think you could make a film like this which has commentary on an element of society and then expect people to suspend disbelief to this level. Because to me, that takes away any commentary that you're trying to set up. How how are we supposed to believe the point of view that the film is taking if we can't believe what is actually happening on the screen? That's my biggest problem with it. I think my biggest problem was it being deeply uninteresting and me not caring. <laughs> Shall we skip to the very, very end? I've seen a lot of people, a lot of divisiveness on the end, and I actually don't know what people are referring to there. I don't know if they're talking about- I can't about, believe anyone cares enough. Well, that's the thing. I don't know if they're talking about the entire last 45 minutes like we are, or if they're actually talking about the end. Um, I was fine with it. I think it's cheesy as fuck to end on a news interview. <laughs> like, I th- I just thought, like, the, the structure of it was poor, but I'm fine with what happened. I think it, it makes complete sense. Where were you on it? The structure I actually don't mind. Um, I was, like, I was watching the film and I was like, all right, I should, like, Billy and I are going to be talking about this. <laughs> I need to try and have some level of feeling about it. And, like- just, I'm sorry, but my overriding feeling is I don't care. Yeah. This film just did nothing for me. And so I had, I have no response to it that goes beyond a thousand on the tacker. Yeah. Like, this movie for me stalled 50 minutes in. Mm. And, ne- and like, I don't, I don't, ca- I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. If she got away with it, I wouldn't care. Yep. She got killed. I don't care. And we've spoken about that before. To Like, certainly to me, the worst thing a film can do is ma- not make you feel. Like, you know, it, a film can be super entertaining and that's fine. A film can not really be that entertaining, but still make you think and, and feel. And, you know, to me, like last week, Minari is a, a pretty great example of that. I wouldn't call that an overly entertaining film, but it makes you feel and think, and that's that's great. This film did neither of those things for me at all. Like, I wasn't entertained, and I, and I didn't care about what it was doing. <laughs> Maybe it could have gotten away with it if it was just such style over substance that I was engaged on that level, but- I didn't. I didn't get that from it either. No, no, and that's that's where I think, as I said, I think that it really does. I could. I could almost every half hour feel when a new half hour has started because it was just getting worse and worse for me. Um, so overall, I ended up on a five. I thought about going lower, but you know, for the first half hour, I was like, I'm loving this. This could be as high as an eight. And then it dropped to a six and then a five. And then by the end, I was like, I, I, I would feel bad giving this any lower given how much I enjoyed the start, but I I just, by the end, I agree, I didn't care at all. A five or above, I think, would have felt like a betrayal for me. I'm giving it a four, and to be honest, that feels generous. Yeah. And it probably is mostly rooted in the fact that, yeah, the first half hour, pretty good. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're far better off having the final half hour be your best half hour um, because, unfortunately, I left, I by the time I hit stop on this film, I'd been- deeply unengaged for 60 minutes yeah. um, of a two-hour film, which should not be two hours long. Yeah, that is completely, completely fair. All right, what are we getting to next week, mate? <laughs> oh, f- <laughs> Is it time? <laughs> it's time! <laughs> Martha. <laughs>
That's not even the right film, mate. <laughs> it's the right character, though. I know what I'm doing. That's right. We finally, finally get to see... Think back to episode one, mate, our very first episode of this show, when we spoke about Justice League. Awful film. We finally get to see how great that film could have been. <laughs> yeah, it was Justice League was an awful film. I'm expecting that this is going to be an awful film. Yeah, look, here's the thing. I, I do genuinely believe that this will be better than the first one. I genuinely do. I am one of the pe- look. You got to remember that Snyder has made good films. You also have to remember that he's made bad films because he made other films in the DCEU, which were terrible. But I do think that he has a level of visual flair about him. So I'm expecting it to look nice. (laughs) I think four hours is going to be way too long. (laughs) Four hours is going to be tough. I'm I'm curious as hell. I'm so curious. (laughs) I'm not. I can't believe I have to watch this fucking thing. Here's the only reason I'm curious. Like, seriously, I can't tell you how much I do not care about the Snyder Cut. And I can't believe that I'm going to lose four hours (laughs) of my life to it. Here's the only reason I'm curious. And I had this discussion with someone online the other day where they were talking about how excited they were. And I was like, I don't don't want to take away from your excitement. Like, that's fine. Like, I'm, I'm not that guy. I want people to enjoy what they want to enjoy. For me, I've said from the start, the Snyder Cut didn't exist. And I think we now have- proof of that like i think you know there have been reshoots now leto's been added in you know only a couple of weeks ago it was going to be a four-part series now it's a film again like to me i worry that this is all like yeah sure maybe he had his idea in in his head of what this was going to be and you could argue that that's the snyder cut inside his head but there was never an edit like this i just can't see it being good it's gonna be shit Well, we're going to be giving up four hours to it, so get excited, mate. I gave Justice League a two out of ten. If this is a three out of ten, I suppose that'll be a win. (laughs) If this is a quite bad film, it will have passed the bars that I've set for it. Alrighty, well that's next week. In the meantime, if you're going to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and we'll catch you next week. Watch a movie, folks. Watch the Snyder Cut. <laughs> don't watch I Care What. <laughs> yeah, don't. Fuck, don't. Don't. See ya. <laughs>